0: Spotlight, we're talking UC San Diego basketball. With the 2022-23 season set to get underway next week, you'll hear from head coaches Heidi Vanderveer and Eric Olin. They'll tell us about the new faces on the roster, what they've been working on in practice, how the Big West is shaping up, and so much more. That's all coming up in a moment in the Triton Spotlight. Welcome to episode 67 of TritonCast, the podcast for UC San Diego athletics. I'm your host, Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on UCSDTritons.com or on your favorite podcast platform, thank you for joining us this week. If you enjoy what you hear, take a moment to subscribe, rate the show, or write us a brief review. Before we get to this week's basketball season preview, let's go around campus. The Big West has announced its postseason soccer awards. On the women's side, congrats to second team selection Caitlin Meyer and honorable mention Kennedy Carter. Three men's scholar athletes were named to the Big West second team. Alessandro Allen, Dominic Peters, and TritonCast alum Noah Sonnenstein from Episode 61 were all recognized. You can read more about all of the award winners on UCSDTritons.com. Two Tritons earned Conference Weekly honors last week. Men's water polos Vedran Latkovic from the WWPA and swimmer Nathan Lee from the MPSF. When women's volleyball swept CSUN last week, that marked the 200th career UC San Diego coaching victory for Ricky Lutis. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are TritonCast alum Katya Pavicovich from Women's Swim and Dive and Episode 24, and Isaac Ive from Men's Fencing. Congrats to those two. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. First up, our conversation with women's basketball head coach Heidi Vanderveer. She's set to enter her 11th season as UC San Diego's head coach, and her Tritons were picked to finish fourth in the Big West in a preseason coaches poll. Earlier this week, she joined the voice of Triton women's basketball, Ted Mendenhall, to chat about the 2022-23 campaign.
1: Finished last season uh, above 500, 10 10-8 in the Big West, uh, winning the final three games, including a huge blowout uh, against Cal Poly. Um, now, as a broadcaster, I talk about, hey, uh, some momentum building into next season. But I ask you, is there such a thing as building momentum into the following season?
2: I think that you can come in with a maybe a, a positive mindset. I'm not sure. Momentum. Momentum's a funny thing. Momentum goes where momentum goes. It's it rides whoever's hot. And um, I feel like our team is, uh, you know, gained a lot of maybe confidence from last year. But uh, this we know that this is a new year and we have to uh, improve every day in order to uh, be ready for a very competitive Big West uh, season ahead.
1: Uh, now, certainly uh, a lot of experience coming back and, and maybe um, some players that you weren't necessarily counting on until um, just months before this season. But speaking specifically, Sydney Brown, Madison Baxter, Emily Cangelosi, Julia Makabuhai, uh, what does it mean for you and for this team to, to have that group coming back for another season?
2: I think it's a, it's a security blanket. Obviously, um, having Julia back as uh, a dynamic guard and uh, somebody who you can count on to be a great leader, uh, Emily coming back as a six-year, super, super, super senior, um, you know, obviously her leadership and just her uh, kind of understanding our our culture uh, is extremely important. Uh, same thing with Madison. Uh, and then uh, Sydney Brown, uh, you know, having her, uh, really her, her fourth year in our program, you um, Obviously, a very talented player, uh, excellent worker. I think such a great table, not just for uh, this season, but uh, for a talented group of of youngsters, uh, young players that, um, that we're counting on to learn a lot from these uh, super seniors.
1: Um, certainly from the outside looking in, um, people think highly of your program picked fourth in the Big West preseason poll. Um, I would add to that list somebody who who got some uh, additional experience due to injuries, um, Bridget Mullins. Um, and then uh, you have some transfers as well coming in uh, that really give you some depth going into this season. Uh, elaborate more on that if you could, please.
2: Yeah, great call, Ted. Just like, just like always coming through with um, Bridget. I think Bridget's had a great uh, summer and early fall. I think that um she could be a very talented player and, and help us solidify a position that um we you know we've always needed to develop uh, a post player who has great versatility um you know obviously katie springs coming back uh, izzy Forsyth coming back as sophomores uh, i think the kind of the the tipping point might be parker montgomery coming back as a, a junior um and you made reference to uh, we have a a graduate transfer in denali pinto uh who is uh, extremely versatile Uh, will give us some depth in in either the the forward position or a a be able player as a big guard Uh, give us one of our favorite uh, terms which is versatility
1: yeah absolutely and and i think when we look at uh, when your teams have been successful you generally have two really good post players yeah Um, do you do you feel like uh, that is the case going into this upcoming season
2: yeah, I, I do. I, I do, Ted. I think that we have uh, obviously um, you made reference to to Bridget, but I think uh, Sid and Denali uh, give us uh, extreme uh, versatility. They can both play. We can play them together. Uh, we can play them with with any of our other post players. Um, they can all they can all shoot. Um, you know, they they're they have good instincts. And uh, so hopefully we will rebound that, That's That's the tipping point. Again, we talked about some tipping points. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, to our successes our ability to to get on the defensive glass but uh, hopefully they can they can help with that as well
1: this of course uh, year 3 of the transition to division 1 and, and certainly the last two seasons uh, have been filled with adversity. Obviously, first year in D1 coincides with, with COVID, uh, no fans, frequent cancellations. Uh, then last season, um, you and the coaching staff really had to deal with, with injuries, managing minutes with uh, Julia, uh, mm-hmm. bouncing back from, from a five-game losing streak in the month of February. Um, how would you say these experiences have shaped where the team is now?
2: I think, um, you know, we'll still have to manage Julia's minutes. Uh, I think adversity, as long as you can, uh, you know, grow from it is, is a great teacher experience. It gives you uh, experience. I feel like, you know, our team has uh, excellent experience. You made reference to not just the super seniors, but um, you know, the, uh, and and being able to show your character. I think that when we went through our losing streak, we challenged our team uh, every day to get better. And, stay the course and win the win the possession you're in, win the day you're in. And I thought they responded quite well. And it'll be no different this year. I mean, every team goes through adversity. Every team goes through uh, challenges. And it's the maturity that you have. And, uh, you know, we're counting on our team to be very mature and, and, you know, be able to battle every night and be able to compete in, in the, the experiences that the Big West has shown us through the last two years.
1: We we talked about uh, versatility. We talked about adversity. Um, now I want to talk about the consistency of this program. I saw where someone posted the top 25 best records in women's hoops over the last five years. Yeah. And, of course, in the top 10 were uh programs you would think of. UConn, Baylor, uh, your sister's squad there at Stanford, but mm-hmm. but they're at number 21, UC San Diego. Um, what does that say uh, about this program that's been built and continues to build now as as you head into Division One?
2: Well, I think that that, that just shows uh, we have actually really good players. I mean, really good players that love to play, that love to play with each other, that um, are committed to uh, the success of our program. Um, you know, basketball as a team sport has always been a team sport. And uh, I think that's what we try to uh, you know really instill in our players and and have them buy into uh, in order to be successful. And that's great. you know the the um, consistency is something that I feel like our team gets from our coaching staff, whether it's Chelsea or BB or Phoenique, every day. And I feel like that's reflective in maybe the record. The record might be a little skewed. It has a little bit of uh, some of our CCAA um, statistics in there. But uh, regardless of that, the fact that we've been able to be consistent through our, our tenure here has been uh, a reflection of, of obviously great players and and uh, excellent uh, assistant coaches, and um, you know just a, a commitment to getting better every day.
1: Um, building off of that, too, uh, your teams year in and year out um, have a visible camaraderie. It's a, like a family-like togetherness. Um, how does this happen so consistently every year?
2: I, I think it it starts with our, our staff. I, I think that I have the best staff uh, in the United States. Obviously, I, I know a lot of basketball people in the country, and, you know, you go recruiting and people are complaining about this one and that one, and, um, you know, obviously, uh, they're very they're, – they're not just – excellent coaches. I mean, they are, uh, but they are are great people and they care about the young women they coach and they uh, care about their success more than they care about our success. And I feel like when your players know that you're invested in them um, and, and that you, that, you know, your expectations are very high, obviously, um, but you're there to help them and, and their success is all that matters. Um, I feel like they really understand uh, the bigger picture and, and they're willing to to maybe go the extra mile because, uh, you're really invested in them.
1: And Heidi, as a coach, you know, that, um, you can only take the players so far before something has to take over on the floor. Um, who are some of those players that are the the vocal leaders of the squad that kind of do the talking that you need them to do, um, outside of yourself?
2: Yeah, I think that, um, uh, Julia, obviously, uh, and Emily uh Maddie those those three consistently. but I feel like um our young kids have really uh Janae, uh Mahan and uh you know Gabby Luther and and uh, Courtney and Gracie Gallegos, our freshmen are learning from uh great role models uh, Denali Pinto's come in and as a you know even as a transfer has had a, a a great presence and it's not just the voice it's it's the presence and and that's what I feel like our Young kids are confident in their voice because our older kids give them the, the, the space to um, feel confident to do it and encouraged to do it. And I feel like that's that's really a reflection of probably Julia, Maddie and Emily specifically. But yes, it's it's everybody.
1: As we look ahead to the schedule, open the season on the road at Cal Baptist November 7th, Um, first home game November 20th against Portland. You've got a tournament in Vegas that begins on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, um, starting against Illinois State and then uh, open up December by hosting San Diego State before you go on the road to, to Cal and another road contest um, at San Jose State. What what are you excited about when you look at the uh, upcoming uh, opponents this year?
2: Well, I think when you look at them, and you made me nervous really as a whole. I'm like, those are, are really a challenging schedule. We'll be shopping for a win on Black Friday. We won't be uh, on Amazon or or at uh, you know any uh, local uh, department stores. Uh, but I think it's, it's really challenging. And I think that that's great for our team because I think the big West will give us those same challenges. It's a lot of variety. Um, you know, obviously being able to play San Diego state at home uh, going up to Cal uh, those are, are, you know, obviously in state uh, great challenges for our team. Um, you know, hopefully, I mean, we, we played Portland last year in, in our open room. We were awful, hopefully. Uh, and they're, they play a unique style. They, they are really hard to play Um I'm glad this is the end of the series, quite honestly. Um, but I think that that'll be a good, you know, kind of benchmark. Uh, Cal Baptist has a lot of new faces, but they went on an international trip that will help them tremendously. It's, it'll be our first game and really like their sixth. Um, but I think every game, I think that we we've uh, have a great schedule. Um, we're excited about uh, the home games we have. Uh, we're excited to go to Vegas for Thanksgiving. Um, and then again, it's just really all prep for, uh, coming back after the holidays and uh, competing in the Big West, which will obviously uh, – no matter where you're picked in the preseason, that's kind of it, – it's it's a compliment, but it's also a great challenge, which is fun, um, but it's irrelevant because it's like what you do uh, in, in late December or January and February that will tell you how you're doing.
1: Uh, last thing for you, um, I saw you posted on your Twitter page that you said this was one of your – favorite traditions um tell me a, about burritos and sunset yeah
2: it's crazy because uh that um when you talk about adversity you know this is the first year we've done it in in three years uh parker montgomery who's a junior had never done it and i looked at her i'm like my god you feel i feel like you're so old but so we every year when we come back the very first day we do you know we have a team meeting and physicals and a lot of compliance and eligibility and it's a like a very uh especially your head spinning for for your first years uh very um administrative and um I think it gives our players we do it at gliderport which is obviously if you've been on our campus uh overlooks I, I know you have but um it overlooks obviously the Pacific I call it the the biggest bathtub in the world um <laughs> it is a gorgeous site and it's right on the La Jolla Cliffs and um, we bring in burritos and we sit there and we, uh, we just take a breath. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like you get so caught up in, in all the, uh, you know, urgency of doing this and, and basketball in school and that uh, you forget really you're here for the total experience. And it just gives us a chance to, to do an initial bonding, which is, is equally as critical as practice. Uh, it just is a, it's a beautiful setting and it's, great people, really fun food. We play some games. We, uh, you know, talk about kind of people's uh, history and their story. And we learn a lot about each other and uh, it sets a great stage for our year, but it, we haven't done it because of COVID and uh, it was great to get back to do it. And uh, you know, I just hope that this is a great season for not just ourselves, obviously, and our athletic department and UC San Diego, but but for really all of college athletics, it's, it's a, will be fun to, have kind of a, a little bit of, uh, I'll say normalcy, even though I don't really like that word. Um, just get back to some of the things that that we know we love doing with the people we love doing it with.
1: Uh, well, coach, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, really appreciate the time and uh, best of luck this season.
2: Thanks. Dad. I really appreciate all your support. Uh, you know, all our external people doing a great job of, uh, you know, helping our program because I think it's something really special between not just women's basketball, but, but really our athletic department as a whole. Uh, a lot of great things coming in the future. And you're, you're right there in the trenches with us. We appreciate you all.
0: Thanks a lot, Ted. The Tritons open their season with road games at California Baptist and Northern Arizona. UC San Diego's women's home opener will take place November 20th at Lion Tree Arena against Portland. Next up, the Triton spotlight turns to men's basketball, where 10th year head coach Eric Olin looks towards what lies ahead. The voice of UCSD men's basketball, Steve Quiss, caught up with Coach Olin to preview the season.
3: All right, Eric, how are you feeling going into uh, year number three of Big West play and Division One as we sort of close out only what two more years left and then it's uh, it's it's for real.
4: Yeah, I guess we're at the halfway mark, getting ready to start year three. Um, I like our team a lot. I like, I like our guys. I like the, the, the talent level. I feel like uh, we have a, a tight group that is capable of playing good basketball. Um, but we also have a lot of work to do and a lot of progress to make, you know, just like everybody else. It's, it's early, and, and I don't know if we all know exactly what to expect, but um, we're, we're excited to find out.
3: So one of the guys I'm excited to see play, he was out all of last year, was Jaron Brooks. Talk to me a little bit about the 6'9 forward who's, you know, he's, he's coming over from UW. I think he was at USC before that. Um, is he healthy, and and how much will he contribute uh, this season?
4: Yeah, I mean, JB, JB had a, a really good offseason. I thought he did a great job with his rehab. He's come back, you know, I would say, you know, physically stronger, in better shape. You know, he's done a good job of, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot to – come back from those kind of injuries and he's done a great job with it. And he's playing good basketball and, uh, he's, he's certainly going to be a big part of our team here going forward. And, um, I think he just needs reps. Like he just needs reps in the game. You know, he's, uh, he's got a lot of college basketball experience, but not, not, not quite as many kind of game minutes. And so I think, um, you know, as he kind of figures some things out and gets those game reps, I expect him to really kind of, uh, progress throughout the season and just keep getting better and better all the way through
3: you guys have a lot of size this year too and and francis is one of the guys who i thought just had a remarkable year last year whether it was playing underneath or step back and and making a key three here or there how do you work those those big guys in with the size like where does jerron fit with with the emergence of of um, francis last year
4: yeah so Um, Francis was kind of forced into that like undersized five role at times last year. And so, um, you know, I think when obviously he had a great year uh, really productive for us, I thought you know, was a big part of uh, the way that we were able to play last year. And so, uh, you know, but for him, there's a little bit of a transition kind of into more of a perimeter forward type role um, more face in the basket setting a a fewer screens and, and kind of, coming a little bit more of a perimeter player, which I think allows a little more space for uh, Duran or um, E to be on the floor and allow us to be a little bigger and, and uh, more physical, which I think we can use. Um, but it's also going to be a little bit of a, an evolution for him, and he'll have to grow up, grow throughout the, those experiences. So, you know, being one of our more productive returning players and then shifting the position to where he has to kind of learn it all over again is uh, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens – our execution might not be quite where it should be early, but I think as he kind of learns and figures out how to fit and find his opportunities in a little different role, I'm sure he'll, he'll thrive. And, and long-term, I think it's going to be great for him and for us. So, you know, as we move forward.
3: Yeah, you mentioned E, that's Emmanuel Shimonga from UC Irvine, that transfer there. We'll get to, to him in a minute. But I think before, I remember talking to you about this time last year on Media Day, you said that five position for you guys is more than just playing basketball. It's it's thinking, it's mental. Um, so is that where Jerron goes this year? And that's, you know, that's the big part of it is is still being mental. And we've got to get somebody that, that knows where to set screens and, and who to pass to.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Like the the five for us is, is kind of, you know, as much, as much as you can be without the basketball, like kind of the quarterback of what we're doing offensively and their decisions impact everybody else on the floor. So, um, you know, that's part of where I feel like, you know, we are not going to be where, where we could be early in the year. And we're going to continue to make progress as we go through, because whenever you have kind of new players in in that position for us, it it takes a little time. It takes some reps. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like, what, how do we get to our best basketball? This, we feel like this is the way, but, um, you know, in the short term, uh, there's a little bit of growing pains with just our execution. And, you know, when you have guys in and out in terms of availability and health and those kind of things, then it just slows you down a little bit. So, um, you know, our execution will, will continue to get better. And as guys get reps in, in the different positions, uh, it'll certainly help them and, you know, individually. And then that'll help us collectively.
3: Um, The backcourt pretty solid. I mean, obviously with Jace Rockamore, you know, running the point and Bryce being your, your two um, talk a little bit about what, what um, you uh, think will happen in the, in the backcourt for these guys this year and for your team.
4: Yeah. Well, we hope that those guys make a jump and, and continue to, um, get better and and help us play good basketball Uh, I mean Jace having a a season under his belt as kind of a full-time starting point guard in the the league and um, playing a lot of minutes just I mean Jace is just such a smart player the way he sees the game the way he's able to identify and you know whether it's you know actions or pattern recognition or just kind of like disadvantaged situations he's able to just his feel and, and IQ for the game is is really high level. And, and so he's able to, you know, make a lot of plays for us that uh, maybe you don't see in the box score. Um, and then Bryce, you see in the box score a little bit because he's, he's, he's aggressive in terms of trying to put the ball in the basket and he does a great job there. He just got a knack for it, you know? So um, he's certainly a guy we, we're trying to put in positions to score and, and, and get shots. And he's also developing as a playmaker, right? Like you got to be more than one dimensional at this level. And I think he's made some strides there in terms of um, being a little more uh, versatile with his game, taking what the defense gives him and, you know, kind of getting other guys involved when, when the, uh, you know, the scenario dictates.
3: Tony Rochak was so solid, you know, last year and, and Killingsworth as well. And he's moved on now to, I think his great career at Deloitte. Um, but, and Tony's off, um, you know, doing his thing. How do you replace those two guys, especially Tony, who was, you know, Mr. Everything for you guys averaging 15 points a game.
4: Yeah, I mean that's just part of it, right? Like every year, you know, we're gonna lose good players this year. You're gonna lose, you know, every single year. Your your team changes a little bit, and you know that's kind of part of the fun too. Is like how do how do you how does this group uh, progress towards its best basketball? What are, what are we gonna learn about these guys um, in different situations? Right, like how will how will Francis take on some of the you know, responsibilities that Tony had for us last year, you know, and, and and I think that's kind of the exciting part where you get to see these guys grow and really progress throughout their career. I mean, obviously you miss, you miss everybody that leaves, like they're always going to be part of our program and, um, you know, Tony's ability to make tough shots and finish around the rim and all that stuff was, was terrific. And I mean, we, we might miss just as much as Tony, just from a, like a leadership and uh, character and like just the toughness that he brought. I mean, those guys are, uh, you're always going to miss good players, but uh, it's also fun to watch the new guys emerge and, um, you know, guys evolve throughout their career and take on bigger and bigger roles. And that's just kind of how this goes every single time.
3: Uh, Every time I'm over at the gym, you know, maybe preparing for a soccer game or something in the fall or the summer, whatever, what I was doing, I was always saw Jake was in there shooting threes. Do you expect him to have the kind of year he had last year making key threes and key spots?
4: I'm always surprised when Jake misses, you know? So um, yeah, I think everybody in the gym thinks it's going in when he shoots it. And and so we, we, we want to get him as many shots as we can. And um, I mean, He's, he's a really talented guy in terms of shooting the basketball. And uh, I think another, you know, with the experience that he had last year and uh, just the way that he works at it, like, you know, is it's no accident the way that he shoots it. Obviously he's talented. You know, there's some God-given ability there that, uh, you know, but, you know, he is always in the gym. He is always, you know, he's there before practice. He's making, he's making so many shots. Uh, he wore out the gun and we got to get a new one. You know what I mean? Like that guy, always in there making plays or making shots and and it's not a coincidence that he shoots the ball the way he does
3: um let me see any other returnees that I missed here um Vuk um gave you some minutes at the end of last season has he been able to to step up his game any and, and to make an impact this year
4: yeah I'm excited about Vuk he's playing really good basketball right now coming back with the year under his belt you know I feel like I feel like everybody kind of progresses in year two with their understanding of how we want to play and, and, and things that, um, they can do well. And you kind of like find your fit and you find your way to make an impact. Uh, Luke is a terrific passer. He's really worked on shooting the basketball and being a little more aggressive, you know, trying to score. And I think the more he kind of forces the issue to some degree to, uh, to think, score first and force a little more help, then his passing will be even more impactful. But just the way he sees the game and uh, you know understands the way to play is is really valuable for us. He's kind of like the adult in the room a lot of times, with just like you know his demeanor and um, comfort level on the basketball court. Uh, I think he's done a great job, like getting getting in great shape, you know, getting stronger making use of the weight room and the performance center. And, and I think that's really going to help him on the defensive side of the ball where he's made a lot of progress. So yeah, I'm excited for his, his year. I, th- I think he can be a, a big part of what we're doing.
3: How about some of the newcomers? We'll start with the, before we get to the, the freshman that you signed, but Emmanuel Shimanga, it sounds like to me when you get him on the court and he's playing in these scrimmages, like he's, he really is a difference maker in the, in the plus minus category for you guys when, when he's out there playing.
4: Yeah. I mean, he's just different. I mean, difference maker, but he's just like physically different than everyone we have just with his size and his ability to, you know, um, you know, help us defensively protect the rim guard inside, you know, you know, we we won't need to double the post much when he's on the floor and some of those things that we've had to do. And, and really, it just kind of gives us a different way to play, which I think is really uh, going to be helpful in, in, in that, um, we will be able to dictate the terms a little more like we can go bigger or smaller when, when we need to versus, you know, last year with um, in particular, you know, without Jaron and having Francis have to play the five exclusively, we, we were mostly smaller all the time. And so I, I just think having a, having a different way to play and, and being able to um, kind of match or go opposite of, of our opponents uh, will be helpful in, in just in terms of our game plan and execution.
3: Yeah, it'll be big against the likes of like an Irvine or Santa Barbara, and then you can get smaller and run maybe with uh, with Long Beach State. Um, some of the freshmen that uh, have come in, like a Roddy Anderson III, I I've heard you know his dad was such a great player at Utah State. Um, so some of the younger guys that are that are new, some of the freshmen, uh, talk to us about them.
4: Yeah, I'm excited about all those guys. I think they they all have a chance to to be really good players and have bright futures. Um, I think Roddy is a guy who, who's going to have a chance to have a pretty big impact on our team right away. Uh, he he kind of brings something different with just like his athleticism on the ball, his ability to get his feet in the paint, uh, make plays defensively, get out in kind of passing lanes. He, he really pushes the pace in transition and kind of can be a one-man fast break at times. So, um, you know, I think he'll have a big impact. Um, Quinn Patterson and, and Cade Pendleton are two guys who kind of bring some size and skill level You know, so like, you know, if if you've watched our teams play, you know, we value those things. And um, those are, you know, two big guys that shoot the basketball, so a little more size, but we keep some shooting on the floor. Um, You know, they got to keep, they got to, you know, do a good job and get stronger and and more physical getting ready for just this level and big West play. But those are our talented guys who we think have bright future. And then, um, you know, Camden McCormick is a guy who can, come in and help us he's he's brings some toughness and some athleticism to the perimeter uh, he's as good a rebounder as a guard as, as you know that we've maybe had in the, in the program so you know they all kind of bring their different uh, different ways to make an impact and uh, i'm excited about all of them I, I think they got really bright futures in our program
3: You've also added some new staff as well. And like Mikey's back too bad. He doesn't have a, you know, a year of eligibility to dish out 10 to 12 assists a game, but I'm sure, gosh, if anything, you can make him get better in practice. If you can talk him into, to, you know, practicing as the opponent's point guard for goodness sakes, what about the new staff?
4: Yeah, I'm excited about excited about our staff. Um, Obviously having Mikey back is just, you know, having him home is, is great. Um, He's been, he was, you know, a big part of our success um, when he was a player and just, just feels right having Mikey around the program, you know, and 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 he's also like anyone who watched him play probably knows this, but he is such a sharp guy in terms of basketball, and like it just you can just see how smart he is in in the way that he talks about the game, the way the things that he sees and picks up, and he's just going to be such a great resource for our guys, obviously basketball wise, but also as an alum, as someone who's sat through the classes and gone through the practices. Like I just think that's so valuable for our players to have a guy like that around to just you know, talk to and learn from, um, be a resource. So excited about that. Um, you know, we, we, we promoted Sam Stapleton to director of recruiting. Um, you know, Sam was our ops guy last year and, and just, um, you know, just such a, a team first selfless guy. Like he, he, you know, he does everything for these guys or anything. He'll do anything that they ask and, uh, you know, or that they need. And, And he's, he's one of the more, uh, humble, selfless people. I've been around just, I, I, our guys love, uh, love having him and, and he's just a really hard worker. Uh, and he's having a real impact on our program. So, uh, a very well-deserved promotion for him. And, and I'm excited for that. And then we we're able to bring in, uh, Tom Tangle from Presbyterian university as our third assistant coach. And, uh, tank is coach tank is, is, uh, brings a lot of energy to the floor. Um, you know, and, another sharp guy from a basketball standpoint, you know, has played for and worked for some really great coaches. It brings a ton of knowledge, um, to the game, brings some good ideas and is able to like look at the way that we play and kind of pull ideas from, from different places and, uh, really add value. So excited to have him on board. He, He hasn't been here very long, but can already feel his impact. So yeah, really excited about our staff. Our, you know, we feel like our program's going in the right direction. You know, we got a lot of work to do. It's a long road ahead, but, um, pretty excited about this season
3: and the schedule, uh, you know, you'll start on the seventh at home against Seattle. And then on that Saturday, Sacramento state. Um, and then you go on the road and there's lo- you've got to give those, uh, you gotta go on that trip and give those games back to Eastern Michigan and George Washington and all that. How do you think the schedule will set you up
4: for the big West this year? Oh, I know that that will be tested. Um, that's the thing about this transition to division one is, uh, there are no bad teams, you know, like the schedule you're scheduling and there's nobody you want to play. So it, uh, <laughs> that part's a challenge, but we'll certainly be prepared. Um, you know, Seattle, very good team, I think finished second in the whack last year, Sac state kind of turned over their roster. I mean, in terms of preparation for the big West with the Sac state coaching staff and players, like we'll, we'll certainly have gotten a pretty good look at what UC Riverside might look like, uh, given all the overlap there. Um, with, you know, players transferring in coaches who were there, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, really good non-conference schedule. I mean, we have Cal at home. You mentioned George Washington and, and Eastern Michigan. We're going to Navy. We have USD, Nevada, San Diego state. Our guys will be, will be tested by the time big West rolls around.
3: That's awesome. And then, if you could quickly just kind of handicap what the Big West will look like. I mean, I saw, you know, the team picked to finish first was Santa Barbara, but you beat them at home on that corner three that sent the game to overtime last year. So you you had some, you had some wins. You guys are picked down at the bottom, which I'm not sure is very realistic. I think you'll do much better than that. But your thoughts on on who's going to be Long Beach State going to be good again? Um, Irvine will always be good with Russell.
4: Yeah, you know, kind of the same thing. Like every everybody's good. you know, it's, it's, it's hard to win in the big West. I think, uh, you know, kind of the teams who, who had some success last year, um, I think are back and on paper makes sense in terms of, uh, the way they were picked in the, in the league with, you talked about, uh, UC Santa Barbara returning some really talented guys and bringing in good players and Long Beach state, same thing, uh, won the regular season last year, returned a bunch of those guys and brought in more good players. And then, um. Uh, You know, I thought prior to some injuries, Hawaii was as good as anyone last year, just in terms of um, when we played them, I was really impressed with the way that, you know, that team, and I know they have a a bunch of those guys back and and, uh, they do a great job. So, I mean, I could go down the list, right? And and last year, Fullerton and and Long Beach were picked seventh and ninth and finished first and second. So, you know, I I think there's a lot of parity in the league and everybody uh, is more than capable of winning on... Every night, and um, you know I think everybody has a chance to win on the other side of things, right like it's 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 a really balanced league with lots of great players and good coaches, and um, you know we'll, we'll certainly be challenged, but that's that's the fun part about being at the Division one level and, and being in the big west is you know you get to test yourself against these great players and great coaches and kind of measure ourselves against these kind of programs is. As a competitor, that's, that's what we're looking for. That's why we're making this transition.
3: Best a luck! Thanks for the discussion. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having
4: me.
0: Thanks so much, Steve. The Tritons open their season with three straight home games at Lion Tree Arena. UC San Diego hosts Seattle U on November 7th, Sacramento State on the 12th, and the much-anticipated showdown with Cal on Tuesday, November 15th. For tickets, visit the Triton box office at ucsdtritons.com slash tickets. Be sure to join us for an all-new TritonCast next week, and be sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of TritonCast premiere each Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this week's show, and don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms by searching TritonCast wherever you get your pods. And a reminder that you can listen to any of our 67 episodes whenever you want on demand. Just visit ucsdtritons.com podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on Twitter at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, you can send us a tweet or email us at TritonCast at UCSD.edu. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to TritonCast. TritonCast
3: is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Tritoncast.